Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Giddy up, Maximizers. Kurt Mortensen here. This is Podcast 397. As we go into more Persuasion IQ skills, to get into that fast track to your success, how do you speed things up? What is that secret sauce of success? Gonna reveal it today based on science, based on studies, based on research, based on interviews. It's pretty simple. You want to be successful. You talk to a successful person. You want to be wealthy. You start thinking, acting, and doing what other wealthy people do. We're going to talk about that, give you some tools, help you out, because everything you want in life is on the other side of persuasion, motivation, influence, self-persuasion, mindset, those dang soft skills they should have taught us in school. Hope everyone's having an awesome week, achieving their goals, increasing their income, getting better relationships, you name it, make it happen. Spent most of my week on training for the blockchain, altcoins, cryptocurrencies. If you don't know what that is, man, you'll be missing out. It is the wave of the future. Ping me at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. If you want a little more information, I will set you up because it is an exciting space. A space that's trustless. Isn't that interesting? To where since trust is all-time low, there are things in place where it can be trustless. And we'll do a show about that one coming up. My training I did this week was also on leadership and the ability to tell a story. No secret that charismatic people, great leaders, are better storytellers. They use more analogies, metaphors. You want a secret tool, learn how to tell stories. If you want to know more, go to the archives. I spent some podcasts just on stories, interviewing people that just teach people how to tell stories. That's at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. It's also the place to take your free Persuasion IQ assessment, get the free book Maximum Influence, the latest edition, pick up a little shipping and handling, and of course, InfluenceUniversity.com. There's our plug. Let's roll. I want to start off this time because it's going to kind of lead into everything I want to talk about today. Listener email. Oh, boy. This one's from Oman. And by the way, when I use your email on the show, you get the gold version of Influence University, the 52-week advanced tools all in one spot. The 52-week advanced program where we layer a little bit of time, go as fast or slow as you want, all in one spot, take your life and income to the next level. This one's from Akbar. He is from the Middle East. I do know enough Arabic to know that means great. So welcome, Akbar. I haven't been to Oman yet. I've been scheduled to go there three times. (laughs) And, uh, you know, pandemics, COVID, some of those things just kind of ruin some of those trips. But hey, I will ping you and let you know when I go. It says, Kurt, I saw you at the live event teaching the perfect persuasive presentation. I was looking at my notes the other day about your critique, your feedback for my video, and I wrote down, never plant a seed. I can't remember what it means. <laughs> All right, we can explain about that. So let me know what it means and how do I fix it. I think I remember, but I want to make sure exactly what that is. All right, Akbar, we're not talking about seeds that you'd plant outside, but it is kind of that analogy because when you plant a seed, you water it, it grows. It's like those negative seeds in your brain, those negative thoughts, right? The seed's there, but you water it with more negative thoughts. You water it with 
wow, that could happen. You, you water it with a little worry, it's a form of fear, and you know, it grows. And so in public speaking, planting the seed is something a lot of people do when they get up and they just get started and they say something, not to sugarcoat it, stupid. Well, you know, I'm not a good public speaker. That would be planting the seed. So now what am I looking for? Oh, you're a bad public speaker? You know, I get really red, nervous, and blotchy when I speak. Okay, ding, ding, that's what I'm going to look for. I didn't get much sleep last night. I'm nervous. I'm gassy. <laughs> I'll be with the last one. But those aren't things you share with the audience. Why would you want them to know that you're nervous? They're looking for nervous. Because when you take persuasive presentation with me, I'm going to teach you that 99% of the time we have no idea how nervous you are unless you tell us or faint or plant a silly seed like that. Don't plant that seed and give it a place to grow because then all of a sudden they're gonna look for that you didn't sleep, that you're not prepared, that you're not the expert, that you're not a good speaker, that you drool a lot. Whatever it is, those are things you don't share with your audience, anything that'll discount you. So planting a seed is anything that will discount you, anything that'll give your audience a reason not to listen to you, anything that's gonna take them off course is a seed. So that's a seed. So don't plant the seed. Don't tell them that you're nervous, you didn't prepare, you didn't get any sleep, you're not good at, you never went to school, you spent a lot of time in jail. These are things you probably don't want to share with your audience to get them off course. It's already hard enough to get them to pay attention without you planting the seed. So Akbar, I'll send you the information to your free InfluenceUniversity.com gold edition. Thank you for the question. That's what it means. How do you fix it? Just don't say it. Don't say things that'll discount you that'll take you off course, that'll take the audience's focus off what they're supposed to be listening to, you, your words. I mean, if you're talking about being nervous, you're a bad public speaker, you're not very smart, okay, good, not things. And you'd be amazed how many people do that because you're like, well, duh, you shouldn't do that. It happens all the time, all the time, all the time. So fix it, just don't do it. Have your intro down, your first 30, 60 seconds down so well not only does it make you more confident, it helps your fear erode away and you're not going to be planting any seeds because you're prepared. Most people plant seeds because they're not prepared. They're not ready to roll. All right. Thank you for that question. Good email. Kurt, K-U-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Love your thoughts, your questions, your ideas. Send them over. Would love to address those. I wanted to start with that because I want to get into the geeky scholarly article of the week which we're going to call the opposite of a seed, which I'm going to call a tree. Is that opposite of the seed? I guess that's a seed that has grown. <laughs> because there are times where maybe you want to expose a large seed or a tree, because if you don't, it's going to hurt your ability to persuade, influence, and connect. Hold on, let me just talk about this. So the title of this is Mentioning Facial Imperfection Early in a Job Interview Helps. So facial imperfections, which could be a seed, they're saying maybe this is a good thing. And I'm saying this is beyond a seed because it's very obvious they're seeing it. So a seed, I don't necessarily see how nervous you are or how not intelligent you are, but a facial imperfection, I can see and it's there. Kind of the difference between a seed and a tree. A seed I'm not seeing, a tree I'm seeing. And I don't know where tree came from, I just made it up, but let's go with it. So this comes from the dailycougar.com, University of Houston and Rice University. Dr. Madera did this study. So here it is. This is job interviews, HR type stuff. If someone has a facial imperfection, so that could be a scar, a birthmark, a mole, I'll add a huge zit, okay? They're saying addressing it early in a job interview 
means they're less likely to focus on it. Because when they haven't brought it up, they're not looking at it, pretending not to look at it. Oh, if I just looked at it, you've been there. Versus just take it out. They're like, yeah, look at this huge zit. I don't know what to do with it. Get it out, get it over with, put it out there, right? So there are some things, when it's a tree, when it's obvious that you haven't slept in 17 days, right? Taking a shower in 14 days, you might want to mention it to your audience. So they took students and they were doing these interviews. They looked at pictures of different applicants. Some had these facial imperfections. How's that for verbal packaging? I like it. And some didn't. And half of them acknowledged something about their imperfections and the other half did not. And of course, they tracked their eyes, monitored their eyes without them knowing it because they thought they were testing lighting and resolution of something else. So they were watching their eyes. And they noticed that people did look at the facial imperfection less over time. So they were looking at it, not looking at it. And then over time, it slowly decreased. I guess they saw it enough. But here's what's interesting. The professors found that when the interviewee mentioned their facial imperfections up front, just said, here it is. This is what's happened. I was born with it. I'm stuck with it. It grew last night, whatever it is. Their interviewers were more likely to ignore it through the process. So what happened when they mentioned it, their visual attention did go there faster. Okay, it's there. We acknowledge it. And they didn't look at it as much, hardly at all. And the professor said, people often stare at a facial stigma in an attempt to understand them because facial anomalies or deformities aren't expected when you meet a person. They're just not something, oh, they probably have a scar or they probably have this. So our brain tries to wrap our vision around it, what that is. And it's interesting. It didn't matter whether it was male or female. It was about the same. But they finally figured out that for applicants with these stigmas, these anomalies, these imperfections, whatever you want to call them, it's part of life. Everyone has them. Some are more prevalent than others. Acknowledge it up front. When it's a tree, they can see it. They know it's there. Acknowledge it. If it's a seed, something they probably are not going to realize, like you didn't sleep, you didn't eat, that you're nervous, whatever it is, you don't want to bring it up because then they'll start to look for it. Interesting information out there about that. So some to think about whether it be public speaking, meeting someone one-on-one, a job interview, Good information to have. Which brings us to our persuasion blunder. Don't, don't, don't! And it's going to be me because I make more blunders than anybody. That's just kind of how it is. And this is going to be more of a self-persuasion thing. And it seems like a lot of things with self-persuasion, when you talk about mindset and vision and goal setting, yeah, yeah, we know. Sometimes we know things and we just don't do it. And this is going to lead into our content of the day, our persuasion IQ skill of the day. And you've heard this one before. I'm going to start with a story about sharpening the saw, sharpening the axe. About two neighbors, they lived up in the hills. They're really competitive. Two guys really competitive decided they could have a contest to see who could chop the most wood. They went out there and the first neighbor is going to work hard. It's an hour just chopping, chopping, chopping. He looked over his other neighbor and halfway through this neighbor's sitting against a tree, just sitting there. He's like, I've got this thing. But then the second neighbor started chopping again, but the first neighbor didn't stop. Just kept going, just kept going, chopping and chopping. Looked over again, about three-fourths of the way through, was sitting down again. Lazy neighbor, he's going to win the contest, he's going to win the prize. And then the hour mark stopped, and the second neighbor, who'd sat down twice, chopped twice as much wood. And the first neighbor's like, that's impossible, I worked harder, I was more persistent. That you couldn't have happened. I saw you twice sitting down. He says, I wasn't just sitting down. 
I was sharpening my axe. Yeah, so taking the time to sharpen your axe, to rest, to do the things that we're going to be talking about today makes a huge difference. And I'm the blunder because there was this tree I needed to chop down. I've been putting it off and, you know, I don't mind doing that sort of thing. And the chainsaw wouldn't start, you know, and I could take it down and get it fixed real fast. And I have a saw and it's not that big of a tree, but it's an older saw. And I, you know, I could go down to the hardware store and buy a saw. That would sure save a lot of time, but the time to drive down there. Anyway, a long story short, I didn't get the chainsaw fixed. I didn't bother to go to a hardware store to buy a new saw. I just use an old saw and you know what? I thought I was saving time, but it took me longer. I'm sore. It took forever to cut through. It wasn't sharp. And I spent probably two or three more hours than I should have versus just going down and either buying a new saw or fixing the chainsaw to get it done. And we do it all the time. I mean, you laugh at that, but it's true. We don't have time. Well, maybe sometimes taking the time gives you more time. Like exercise we talked about a few weeks ago. Exercise gives you more time. I don't have the time, but it gives you more time, right? And we got to work on those things and understand it. And that's going to be our persuasion IQ skill today. That fast track to your success, the secret sauce of your success, whatever you want to call it. It's what successful people do. It helps you build some leverage, some speed to your success. If you're wondering what's taken so long... It's probably one of the things we'll be talking about today. If you see someone that's not that sharp, but they're making more money than you, probably something we'll be talking about today. So take good notes. Choose something that's going to make a huge difference for you. And this all comes back to self-mastery, personal development, a couple of things that we can call it there. I mean, these are the type of things you're talking about. They do take a little time up front, just like sharpening that axe, but over the long run, it'll make a huge difference. So what do you need to change? As my early mentor said, Jim Rohn, famous personal development speaker. <laughs> this cuts me like a knife, but it changed my life. We were sitting there at the dinner. There's a couple of us there. I was out promoting some of his seminars along with Brian Tracy and a few others. He looked at me and says, hey, tell me, Kurt, about your goals, your dreams, your aspirations. What is it you want to accomplish? You know, I kind of shocked, take it back. And I told him what I wanted. I was pretty clear about it. But of course, it wasn't happening as fast as I wanted. A few people to blame along the way. Not my fault. A few excuses. And he cut me off mid-sentence and said, Kurt, for things to change, you must change. And for things to get better, you must get better. Wow. So important. Those are the things we'll be talking about today. In fact, let me add a word to that. For your income to change, you must change. And for your income to get better, you must get better. So the first one here, just want to say, I've said it before. Most CEOs read six books a month. Your personal development program. I read a painful number the other day in a study. 58% of people never read another book after high school. You're like, hello, this is kind of important. Your personal development program. Bottom line is this. Every challenge, every problem, every obstacle you're to face in life, someone's already faced it, overcome it, and has written a book about it, or has a seminar or a training about it. A Harvard study shows that those who are learning and growing every day they're more optimistic about life. They're more enthusiastic about where they're going and what they're going to accomplish. But those who don't learn and grow every day become very negative, pessimistic, and doubtful. You can't say if you're not learning and, and growing and doing something new. It just stagnates you. Negative, pessimistic, doubtful. You see it happen to people all the time. Too many of us get stuck like, well, I'll do it later. I'll figure it out on my own. That's cost you a lot of money. Now, if you have all the time in the world, 
and it's not important, it's not affecting your income or your relationships or your success, go for it. Figure it out on your own. It's kind of fun sometimes. I did that with a lathe with my son. We figured it out. We ruined a lot of things, but it was fun. But it wasn't tied to my income or my success. I was just having fun with it. Gardening, cooking might be in that same category. You know, most homes worth over a million dollars, they have a library. We can go on and on about personal development, learning and growing. You don't have the time. I know you're smart enough to figure it out on your own, but you don't have the time. Read the books. Go to the podcast. Listen to the audios, go to the seminars, listen to the webinars, whatever you need to do, that's going to increase your success. Again, I know you're smart enough to figure it out on your own, but why? You really don't have the time. I mean, really take two years and figure it out on your own or take two weeks, go to the seminar, read the book, listen to the audio, whatever you need to do, that is a key to your success. So when you are exercising, driving to work, whatever you do, that's personal development time. In fact, when I interview People, to work for my company, you want to know my big question? That means everything to me. Hey, tell me about your personal development program. Or what's the last book you read? Or what were you listening to on the way in? That tells me everything I need to know <laughs> right there. Someone's not going to invest in themselves and they're always listening to music or other things. I mean, there's a time and place for that. I want people that really believe in themselves, that invest in themselves. That's personal development. That is the first big one. Along those same lines, investing in yourself in the future is having a mentor, having a coach. And the secret is, when you look at really successful people, they mentor with others, they coach with others, but they're also a coach too. They have their expertise and specialty. They're a mentor, they're a coach too. So the reality is, you should be having a coach getting better in those weaker areas, but you should also be coaching and mentoring the people in your strong areas. I mean, mentors, they've been there. They can see around the corners. They can change the game for you. The best athletes in the world, they need a coach. That's how we are. What we see and think we see, what we know and think we know, can be two very, very different things. So mentors can evaluate. They can give you feedback. They can help you with new skills, give you shortcuts, give you hope. And the hope seems to come from like, yeah, been there, done that. I know it's hard. Just suck it up. (laughs) I know what it's like, but it's going to be worth it. A mentor can do that. Now, how do you find a mentor? Look at your weak link. What's costing you money? What is it that you need to learn? But they're not going to run and mentor you. In fact, some mentors will say no the first two or three times to see if you're really interested, to see if you're going to be persistent. Remember, you're going to pay with your time or your money. I mean, that's just how it is. Maybe they'll take money. Some do, some don't. Maybe you can help them with a project, with a charity. You know, make it a win-win what's in it for them instead of, hey, will you mentor me? I mean, it's always good to ask. But take a look at what's in it for them, how you can help them, how you can serve them. And a final piece here as you start really trying to leverage yourself. You know, leverage increases your speed. You can do a lot more with a lot little. Part of that, personal development is part of your leverage. We've talked about that, having a coach. But I want you to take a look at your network. Successful people, wealthy people have big networks. They know a lot of people. They know have people in every area that can help them out, that can solve their challenges. They know they can't do it. So start building your networks. Collect names, numbers, emails, contact information. So don't just introduce yourself to people. Get their names, numbers, their emails. Get them into your contact list. Find out what they do. Find out how you can serve them. Find a win-win. But here's where most people blow that. They meet people. They do. But you need to stay in touch with all your contacts at least twice a year. Send an email, send a text, a phone call, a birthday card, 
a congratulation letter that the university won the big game, face-to-face, take them food, stay on their radar, whatever you need to do. You can't meet someone five years ago and contact them now and say, oh, remember me? They're they're not going to remember. You have to stay on their radar, start meeting new people, develop bigger networks. That's what successful people do. I'm telling you, this makes a huge difference. Each one of these things, from coaching to personal development to creating a network, all those take time, but then it gives you more time. You're sharpening the axe. You're buying that new saw that I should have bought to save me time. Even though it would have taken more time to go store the hassle, I guarantee you it would have saved me a lot of time. So thanks for listening. Take one of those. Come on, just take one. Even if it's reading an extra 10 minutes a day or listening to a podcast or sharing this podcast with your family, friends, and enemies, whatever you need to do. Maximize your influence. This podcast is available on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com for additional information. Hit like, hit subscribe. Send me an email about what you want to hear about and talk about on the show. But master influence, work on your mindset, get a better personal development program, enhance your relationships, and go out and persuade with power.